Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we're going to talk about cold work and work hardening in our precision machining shops. Thanks, Miles. Okay, so let's just get to it. What is cold work? Cold work is defined as the plastic deformation of a metal below its recrystallization temperature. In our suppliers, this is done intentionally by cold drawing through a die or cold rolling. And what about in our shops? In our shops, cold working processes can include thread rolling, thread forming, swaging, crimping, staking, planishing, metal spinning, and also shows up as process failures such as unsharp tools, insufficient clearance, unstable setups, and tool dwell. Okay, so let's, let's do the pros and cons. What are the pros of cold work? Cold work improves the machinability of low carbon steels by increasing the strength particularly the yield strength, and reducing the ductility of the hot rolled product. Cold working of the hot rolled bar by die drawing or cold rolling increases the tensile and yield strength of the material while lowering its ductility, which we measure in reduction in area and percent elongation. So how does that change in properties affect the chip? It affects the chip by making them harder, more brittle, more curled, and producing less build-up edge on the tool's cutting edge. The improved yield to tensile ratio means that your tools and the machine that's powering them have less work to do to actually get the chip to separate. Steels between 15 and 30, 0.15 to 0.30 weight percent carbon are the best machining. Above 0.30 weight percent carbon, the machinability decreases as the carbon content and thus the hardness both increase. Okay, that's definitely a pro. What's another? Cold work improves the surface finish attainable up to a point in the steel that's been cold worked compared to hot roll bars. Cold drawn bars typically run 50 micro inches max and usually arrive at 25 to 30 micro inches in modern processes. Another pro is that cold work helps hold dimensions and concentricity to a tighter tolerance. Cold work reduces the variability and dimensions are thus able to be routinely held to plus nothing, minus two, maybe minus three thousandths for the low and medium carbon steels that we usually encounter in our shops. Wow, okay, so I'm already counting three pros. Are there more? Of course there's more. Of course there's we more. love cold work. <laughs> Another pro is that cold work provides for straighter material. Cold drawn bars are held to straightness deviations, that is, deviations from perfectly straight, as low as 1 16th of an inch in 10 feet in standard mill runs. That's compared to the quarter inch max deviation in five feet 
that we can expect in a hot rolled bar, again, a standard mill run. And last, but not least, cold work improves your shop's productivity throughput, which is the way to measure that productivity, because it improves machinability. The result of all of these advantages is that your cycle time is decreased, your need to have secondary operations to control for that lousy surface finish you would have got is eliminated, and your process uptime, therefore your efficiencies, all increase. These all result in more parts and more conforming parts in the bin at the end of the ship. Okay, so can these improvements in your operations justify the additional price paid for cold drawn bar, you know, over the hot rolled bar? Absolutely. That's why I don't know, I can't name a single shop that prefers to run a hot rolled bar over a cold finish bar. Cold work in your raw materials can be further affected by the way the supplier does their cold drawing or drafting practice that's related to availability of the material to draw to your needed size, the original melt and cast process, and chemistry. The intentional additions and residuals in the steel can also have an effect. Drafting. Are there different types of drafting? Yes, and we're not talking about sitting down with a T-square. Standard draft or heavy draft can result in differences in the hardness achieved and thereby the reduction of the ductility that makes it difficult to separate the chip. A standard draft might be taking a sixteenth of an inch oversized bar and drawing it down through a carbide die to the nominal side. A heavy draft might go up 330 seconds, perhaps an eighth of an inch. Heavier draft makes the material much more machinable, but it may make subsequent cold working processes difficult, as we'll discuss in a minute. Steel's melted in an electric furnace. You'd see it on a CERT as an EF or EAF process and that are cast into billets. That's a smaller section than a bloom. These steels are generally found to be less ductile than those from basic oxygen process, BOF or BOP shops on your CERT, which are also typically cast into a larger bloom cross-section. The greater hot working reduction in the area of the larger section blooms to the finished size for the hot roll bar prior to drawing provides much more ductility in the as-rolled hot rolled bars. Similarly, chemical differences reflecting these different process paths include higher nitrogen and higher residual elements in those electric arc furnace steels compared to those from the BOF, which are melted in an oxygen-saturated vessel with a lower percentage of scrap. So basically, work hardening isn't just on us. It's a result or a capability of how we sourced our material. There are a lot of pros there, but there's always another side to the coin. What about work hardening? Work hardening in our shops can make the steel or the finished part that we produce unsuitable for further processing. Work hardening can make your in-process workpiece unmachinable, resulting in tool failures, destroyed setups, 
resulting in hours of downtime, lost production, missed shipments, and higher costs per part. Okay, so what contributes to work hardening in our shops and how do we address it? Well, as I said earlier, cold work is plastic deformation of a metal below its recrystallization temperature. Whenever a tool rubs on the workpiece or fails to cut, it creates a strain in the workpiece material under the tool. If that material is prone to work hardening, its mechanical properties will change, thus altering the material's response to the tool edge in the next revolution. Okay, well, I can believe it because you said it, but how can we help our listeners visualize this so they can understand it? Let's do a science project, Carly. A science project? Okay, wait a minute. Okay, folks, he's pulling out a coat hanger. It's a wire coat hanger. More specifically, this is a low-carbon steel wire coat hanger. Now, I'm going to cut it into a few segments, and... uh, I've got these wire cutters here. Flying shrapnel. Okay, so you're cutting the hanger into some straight bits. Now what? So here's a longer piece of wire. What I want you to do is bend it. And uh, I'm gonna demonstrate first. I want you to pay attention with what it feels like as you bend this into a U-shape And in reality, what this is is called yield strength. But what I want you to do is just bend this wire into this tight little, like, bobby pin shape, okay? And feel how easy it is. And tell our members. Using my two thumbs here, I'm pushing it. That bent fairly easy. It might have taken a bit more to get it really tight, but it really wasn't that difficult. Yes. Your initial bending of that straight piece of wire has cold worked it in this area here where it bent. So now, here's the lesson for our listeners, and you're going to deliver it. Using your own two hands, only your own two hands, now I want you to get that wire perfectly straight. And again, describe what you're feeling to the audience. Oh my gosh, okay, well, no, I'm trying very hard with my thumbs to get this straight. Is this, this is some kind of trick. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't straighten it out. I can't even get it close to being straight. It, it's still very bent. When the tool rubs a workpiece by tool dwell, not insufficient clearance, wrong tool angles, it's doing just what we did to this wire to the workpiece beneath the tool. It's doing that same process to the material, cold work. Okay, and that affects the chips. Chips can become more problematic and increase buildup edge on the tool, as well as require even greater force to separate, which you saw trying to straighten the darn thing. The resulting chip can also become more abrasive because it's harder and create greater wear on the tool. In extreme cases, the cold work of the operation can actually exceed the ductility of the material resulting in stress cracks. Okay, so what are some clues to suggest that work hardening could be an issue and you need to take special care with your process setup? The first thing I would do is take a look at the cert to see if nickel is present as a specified ingredient. 
When you see nickel as a major ingredient in steel, avoid tool dwell and avoid light cuts. Nickel contributes to the material's ability to work harden significantly. Okay, nickel, is there anything else? Check for nitrogen too. If nitrogen is present as a specified or as an implied ingredient, it can be intentionally added to boost the mechanical properties as well as to improve surface finish. However, it can work against you if that part needs subsequent cold work. When I said nitrogen is implied, that means that if the steel was produced by an electric furnace scrap-fed steel-making process, it's going to pick up nitrogen because it's melted in air, not a saturated oxygen atmosphere. Billet cast with lower rolling reductions can actually exaggerate that effect as well. Okay, nickel, nitrogen, is that it? No, we've talked about check for nickel-based alloys, iron, cobalt-based alloys, and titanium alloys. Each of these families of material can severely work harden upon tool dwell or use of dull tools. We want to cut, not rub, our workpiece. Failure to have proper rake angles or clearance angles can also impart cold work on the workpiece, thus work hardening, Minimizing nose radii on the tools in these grades is also important to minimize the opportunity for work hardening to occur. Some of the post-machining processes that our parts go through, maybe in our shop, maybe at a customer, maybe during assembly, include crimping, staking, swaging. These are cold working processes. They involve the cold movement of metal. So this material can impact how the parts, after we fabricate them, will respond to these kinds of processes as well. Okay, so cold work, it's really a thing. It helps us machine parts with great surface finish and mechanical properties, but at the same time, it can be an issue in our production. That's a great summary, Carly. And that wraps up today's podcast on cold work, work hardening, and your precision machining shop. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org. Yes, thank you. And while you're on pmpa.org, you can check out our new website with robust search features that find articles, webinars, more of our podcasts, and other resources to help your precision machining business. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You don't want to miss one. You don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because Because we we are are better better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.